All right, welcome to the first ever podcast for Sports Pack 12. My name is Dane Miller. I'm a senior writer here at Sports Pack 12, joined by uh, fellow senior writer Nicholas Bartlett. On uh, this episode, we're going to be breaking down the Week 9 football matchups in the conference. And yeah, I'll go ahead and let Nick introduce himself, and then we'll uh, give our opening thoughts, followed by a breakdown of each of the games. As my buddy uh, Dane uh, I mentioned over here, my name's Nick Bartlett. This is episode one of the Sports Pack 12 podcast. Dane and Nick, we can call it. We don't have a title yet. Brand new. Let's get to it. Should be fun. I'm going to give you a little bit of background information about myself. 29 years old. Uh, live in Seattle, Washington. If you want to get really technical with it, I'm from uh, Shoreline, Northside 206, represent baby. Yeah, I went to a Pac-12 school. That is known for parting. I took a nice breezy eight years, so I think I may have had a little bit too much fun, you know, but still, I don't, no regrets, great blast. Had a passion for sports my whole life. Uh, yeah, just mainly basketball, football, probably my expertise, but I do love baseball, soccer, badminton, rugby, whatever, man. It's sports. It's a lot of fun. Just get to it. I played basketball in high school. I think I played a grand total of about two minutes, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of, a lot of court time, but no, it, man, it was a lot of fun. Just hanging out with the buds, just bus rides, basketball is a blast. So yeah, let's get to it, man. I've heard that I'm an entertaining person, weird out there. So I'm excited to see, and I can guarantee there's going to be some entertaining moments. So let's just see if Dane uh, knows what he got into working with me and let's get to it. Here we go. All right, yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. This is going to be a good podcast. Um, I just wanted to add a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. I went to the University of Arizona. I graduated in four years. Um, and then I went to law school in Indiana at Valparaiso University there in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, then I came back here to Arizona took the bar exam, passed on my first try, and now I'm a licensed attorney here practicing in Tucson. But uh, yeah, let's get this thing rolling. All right, so my biggest takeaways from this weekend was Utah winning and Oregon winning. I think that was really important for the conference's college football playoff hopes. Um... You know, they were able to get the job done. Oregon maybe not so, you know, they didn't have a pretty win, but they got it done. So I think that was really important for the conference's reputation. I know Wazoo, I think, won four games in a row against them or something. Justin Herbert had never beaten them. So that victory with that last second field goal was huge for the conference. Um, But I think a more impressive victory was Utah over Cal. I mean, 35-0. to zero. Granted, the game was up there in Salt Lake City, and Cal is at their third-string quarterback. But, um, yeah, those two victories are really big for the conference's playoff hopes. I think that was the most important thing this weekend was none of the top teams shot themselves in the foot, and the national pundits are still able to discuss at least the possibility of the Pac-12 making the college football playoff, which is big. So, um, yeah, what about you, Nick? What do you think was the biggest takeaway from this weekend? Opening thoughts from this Pac-12 week is this conference makes literally no sense. 
As uh, Dane previously mentioned, it's really cool to have some nice teams at the top in Utah and Oregon. We're handling their business, keeping the conference alive, or keeping the conference alive in terms of the college football playoff, keeping us somewhat on the national landscape. But man, this—it just makes no sense what's going on. Stanford wins one week, loses the next. UW looks good one week, loses the next. USC sucks and then good. I think they're on their second, third, fourth, fifth string quarterback. So just there's really no consistency in the conference here. Even UCLA blew out ASU this week. Like, what is going on? I guess Chip Kelly's finding a rhythm. So the Pac-12 man just. This has been a lot of fun watching this year, see how it unfolds, and still a lot of football left. Man, can we forget the Beavers? Hold up, I can't forget the Beavers, man. The Beavers are actually sitting in second place in the North as we speak. So yeah, there's a whole lot of randomness, a whole lot of who knows what's going to happen next, and I'm excited, man. Let's see how this season ends out. Dane, uh, let's get on. Let's go talk about the games, bud. All right, so let's jump right into that USC-Colorado matchup. Um, Really a surprising score, if you ask me. I did not think that this game would be that close. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Colorado has a great home field advantage. It's tough to go up there and play in, what is it, 6,000 feet or more, maybe 8,000 feet. And, yeah, I'm still surprised, though. USC, I know they're down to their third-string quarterback. They got injuries all around, but four-point game at Colorado is a little bit concerning if you're USC. I mean, the whole season has been concerning if you're USC, but I mean, they got it done. Now they're five and three, four and one in the South, and they own that tiebreaker over Utah. So if they went out, USC is going to be your South Division champions, which is a bit of a shock considering what they've gone through this season so far. But yeah, I mean, Keaton Slovis. He went 30 for 44, 406 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, so that's pretty impressive. And uh, But I think a, a, the best game there from that uh, matchup was LaVisca Chenault. I mean, he had nine receptions, uh, 172 yards. Um, that guy's going to the NFL. I think that's pretty obvious, and he's probably, I don't know, top uh, third-round pick, you know, first, second, or third round. I doubt he goes any lower than the third round. So, um, yeah, like I said, though, it's really a surprising result. Um, Good for Colorado, though. I think that um, they started off strong and have really fizzled out. I think this might be their fourth loss in a row, and they're now 1-4 and in the conference. But, you know, they they had a good showing, and they really led most of the game. I think um, USC... um, didn't really lead. I think they led at the beginning, but other than that, Colorado was pretty much winning the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, USC uh, took over and ended up winning. So um, if you're the Buffs, keep at it, I guess. I mean, you're now at three and five, so a bowl game is basically out of the picture, but you can still beat teams. And um, now that you got Chenault back mostly healthy and good to go, I think that's really big for them. So um, just keep chugging along if you're the Buffaloes. And if you're USC, you control your destiny. So just keep winning and you'll be the South champions. But, yeah, really a shocking result if you ask me. So to kick off the Pac-12 week, we had USC versus Colorado on Friday night, which turned out to be a phenomenal game. If you missed it, give you a quick little recap. So basically USC scored in the first three plays of the game. 
I seriously missed the first minute. I was going shopping. I don't know. Was I supposed to starve myself because UFC wants to score so quick? Like, what's the guy supposed to do here? So anyway, UFC jumped out 7-0, looked really solid. And then from that point on, Colorado dominated the matchup. They're making plays. Senior quarterback Steven Montez was looking solid. Threw for over 300 yards. Uh, wide out, we should say star and future NFL wide out. LaVisca Schnault Jr. was killing it. Making plays out of the Wildcat. Catching quick slants, quick wheel routes. All that. Deep balls. Chenault was on point, man. He was he was unstoppable. But then uh, as the fourth quarter rolled around, Keaton Slovis, the true freshman out of USC, found his rhythm and just continuously threw the ball to Michael Pittman Jr., connecting on a 44-yard streak, and then a middle post with, un- with under two minutes left to actually take the lead. Colorado imploded, and to be quite frank, Colorado looked the better team, and this game kind of falls on first-year head coach Mel Tucker. I mean... He didn't have the, we'll just say the fortitude to go for it on fourth and two, fourth and four. And ultimately, that kind of cost his team the game. If you're trying to get a big win over the South leader in a program you've never beaten in USC, you got to take some chances. You got to go for it. And Tucker just didn't pull the trigger, man. And it was tough to watch. I mean, I was actually pulling, you know, a little bit for Colorado, wanted to see the upset. But just, I mean, USC came through, made the plays. Colorado didn't. And, yeah, bottom line, USC is still staying on top of the South Division, uh, regardless of their overall record, looking solid. And more power to them for pulling out the victory. They stayed strong. And to have a true freshman quarterback lead a comeback like that is definitely going to play some dividends in the future. It could really help build his confidence and, yeah, furthermore, build his connection with Michael Pittman Jr. Those Those two could be something special. So, yeah, just a great first week. Great game, entertaining Friday night, able to stay up late, watch the game, watch the matchup. Go Trojans, go Buffs, man. What what else you going to do, man? Pac-12 after dark, you knew it was going to be good. Come on now. All right, uh, moving on to Stanford versus Arizona. Uh, KJ Costello returned after being gone for three, maybe four games in a row. Um, went 30 for 43, 312 yards and three touchdowns and a Stanford victory by 10, 41 to 31. Um, Cameron Scarlett uh, for the Cardinal had 19 carries, 102 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah, that Arizona defense is very porous, really unable to put together a full game. The Cats uh, held Stanford to 10 points in the second half. I gave up 31 in the first half. And defense like that is untenable. It's just not, you can't win games if you're the Wildcats with that quality of a defense. Granted, the second half was better, but um, you can't give up 31 points in a half and expect to win. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, the Wildcats have done this dual quarterback system a little bit where Grant Canal goes in for a handful of series and Khalil Tate plays the rest of them. It's just sort of a strange uh, situation if you ask me. Don't really agree with it. I think Kevin Sumlin needs to start Grant Canal from here on out. I think Khalil Tate has had his run. He's given you what he's going to give you and the future is Grant Canal. You just burned his red shirt by playing him against Stanford. So it is time to start him and begin the Grant Gannell era. If you're looking at the box score here, Gannell went 7-for-7, seven seven, 
68 yards and a touchdown. Um, he also had a fumble that he recovered himself, so it didn't turn into a um, actual turnover. Did cost the Cats about 20 yards at the, I think it was the beginning of the fourth quarter when that happened. The Cats were driving down seven, and Gunnell fumbled it on third down, took the Cats out of field goal range, caused a punt, and that was really a backbreaker. And then the defense actually forced a three and out by Stanford. And then Khalil Tate, the very next series, throws an interception. And that pretty much sealed the game right there. Um, Tate also threw another interception at the end of the game with about 30 seconds left. Don't really count that one. But um, yeah, Tate finished the day 17 of 33. For 205 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He also had nine carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. He uh, busted out a 57-yard touchdown run, which was good to see considering um, really all of 2018 he was hampered by an ankle injury, and I don't think he's really fully healed from that. I think his top-line speed and, more than anything, his willingness to run is pretty absent and so this season he has been a much more willing runner compared to last season which is good for the Wildcats but um, yeah I mean I think it's time for Grant Connell to do his thing and again JJ Taylor had a great game I mean he's having um, injury issues as well he's been dealing with but Taylor had 16 carries with 107 yards um, no touchdowns, but, um, really, I think he probably could have been used more. Um, I think Noel Mazzoni wants to limit his carries to, uh, I think the main reason he's not fully healed from his injury and they don't want him to get injured again. Um, because there was, uh, the end of the third quarter, he got subbed out and only had one carry for the rest of the game in the fourth quarter, uh, despite having more than a hundred yards in the game. And now that I think about it, I think that's done to intentionally to limit his touches because of his, uh, I think it's a leg injury he's been dealing with. He's probably still not 100%. Um, again, I still think Nathan Tilford is underutilized. Only got three carries, but was averaging five yards a carry. I don't know why he doesn't play more. And um, Tavion Cunningham, I also think is underused. Um, I think Cunningham and Brian Castile are the most um, explosive weapons on the Arizona offense um, just because of their speed and they can really um, put situ uh, teams in bad situations with the matchups. If you get these speedy um, small wide receivers against linebackers, they can really um, burn defenses, but they're really not hyper-focused in the offense for whatever reason. Uh, Jamari Joyner had a great catch, made the top ESPN top 10 plays. I think he was number six or five. Uh, he's a, a freshman that's uh, converted from quarterback, so it's good to see him out there playing well at the wide receiver position. And um, true freshman Jalen Johnson got his first touchdown of the year, if I'm correct. Uh, don't think I've seen him score this year. So um, that was good for him. Other than that, though, Wildcats really, um, defense is just not very good. I don't think um, Chase Whitaker played as well as he could have. 
And um, really the takeaway from this game was K.J. Costello, his return, the way he played. Uh, he looked like the quarterback that we all thought he was. And um, granted, against it was against the Arizona defense, but um, yeah, I think the big story here is K.J. Costello and his return, um, getting the Cardinal back on track. Okay, so with Arizona, this is Dane's expertise. So listen to what he's got to say. My man knows the Wildcats. He knows what he's doing. But I got a little something to add here. And it really has nothing to do with Arizona. What is going on with Stanford, man? I cannot figure this team out. One week they beat UW. The next week they get blown out. Then they come back and win this game. They score 41 points. They just make no sense. And it ah, it's frustrating. I'm trying to write about this team. I'm trying to cover this team. And they make no sense. Um... Well, heads first off, let's give a little bit of credit to David Shaw. This team could have folded. They are missing eight linemen, three starters, and one potential All-American. I'm blanking on his name, but one potential All-American lineman. Actually, Walker Little is his name. I guess it decided to float back to me. So he's done an amazing job preparing his team. Um, just beautiful, beautiful to find this win. They really had no business beating Arizona, putting up 41 points. They did benefit from the return of, I believe, their junior quarterback, uh, KJ, KJ Costello. He was a stud last year. Uh, excuse me, senior quarterback, KJ Costello. He was a stud last year, and uh, he really he really played a good game and gave his team a chance to win. So the Cards are still, I mean, they're not going to win the title, but they're still in the thick of kind of a decent bowl game, you know. They're doing some things. They're doing some things. They're not folding. And Arizona, they're struggling. After their hot start, taking the early lead in the South, controlling their own destiny they're starting to implode and I think that's pretty sad when you have a weapon like Cleo Tate you need to find a way to win and Wildcat fans are not gonna like this reference but just look at ASU and Herm Edwards and what he's doing with freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels that he's allowing him to read the game he's coaching him up they're making the right reads the, the right throws and with the exception of last week he's been developing or with the exception of this week he's been developing solid with Cleo Tate you don't see that same development the man is seriously can do anything he wants with his feet. That's a weapon that is undeniable. And you can't find a way to let him read the game. You can't simplify the game if he's struggling to read plays. You can't make the game more difficult if he's if he's killing it. It just, something isn't clicking there. And Kevin Sumlin needs to get it done. He needs to figure it out. What What's going wrong here? They need to figure it out. So, really interesting game. Surprising result. And yeah, dang. Do your thing, dog. This is your team. Yeah, I think the key takeaway is just Khalil Tate not playing well, and Grant Gannell is doing his thing. And so, when you have a true freshman, you know, vying for that top spot, some guys deal with pressure like that better than others. And I don't think Khalil Tate has handled it the best that he could. And as a result, Things aren't going Arizona's way. So, yeah, I, I really think it's time for a change, though. Grant Gannell uh, should start against Oregon State. I've always wanted to do the rap air horns. I figure I had it. Give me a mic, I'm going to take it, baby. Let's run with it. So thank you for still listening, following, liking, subscribing, doing all that. I do not know what you do with the podcast, but hey, man, crack a cold brew, enjoy the show, eat some salami, I don't know, cook up some rice, man. Do what you got to do. Live life. Let's just kick it. But I'm supposed to give him, you know, like, talk about a football game, not giving life advice. So we'll get back to it. 
This week we had um, ASU versus UCLA in a really shocking result. I mean, ASU imploded. At one point, they're losing 42-10 to 10 to UCLA. Not many people saw this coming. If, I, if you're a Sun Devil fan, I wouldn't read too, too far into this, though. It's easy to forget it's only Herm Edwards' second year. And uh, he had a great start last year under uh, senior quarterback Manny Wilkins. You know, great first year. So this year, they got off to maybe a little bit better than they were playing before their time. They're going to be good. They're going to be great. But maybe the success was just a little too early. That win against Michigan State may have been a little misleading. Um, they still have Jaden Daniels, still a stud. They still have senior running back, Ano Benjamin, who he'll probably rally the team, get them ready to go, get them back on their grind. The defense is still solid. Every every team has a bad game. I mean, they're not Alabama. Let's just be honest here. So, you know, if you're an ASU fan, just don't read too much into it. Don't overthink it. Don't overworry. You're still a good squad, good squad, good program on the improvement. But if you do lose next week, it may be time to hit the panic button. You're heading you're head in that direction at least. As for UCLA, we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum. After Dorian Thompson-Robinson decided to like fumble the ball in the air eight times at the beginning of the season, I don't know like what he was doing, just dropping the ball, couldn't throw it. They've responded uh, with a huge win over Stanford, and they followed that with this biggest win on Chip Kelly's era with this win against ASU. And suddenly, they're sitting at 3-2 and two in conference. They're 3-5 and five overall, but 3-2 and two in conference, and oddly enough, Still have a chance to win the South title. Who who would have thunk it, man? This is what I'm saying. This year is absolutely crazy in the, around the Pac-12. But the main takeaway from this game is Joshua Kelly had a three first three touchdowns, and he looks solid, man. He may have had more. I know he had at least three. But he was running hard, running physical. He was really taking over the game, and it was cool to see. Um, I know Chip Kelly is a controversial figure around the football landscape. I'm not him. I'm not his players. I don't know what happened. I'm staying out of that. But all I do know is he won a lot of games at Oregon, built an amazing program. They're still solid, obviously. Look what Oregon's doing now. I mean, that's all from what Chip Kelly built. That's his foundation. And if he can do the same thing at UCLA, and it appears that they're starting to get the ball rolling in the right direction, forget the overall record. They're 3-2 and in conference. All of a sudden, you have to take them seriously. And they should be really interesting to watch the rest of the season. Really interesting. One of the more unique teams around the conference, for sure. Dane, what's your thoughts? All right, so the next game is um, UCLA and Arizona State. This uh, result surprised, uh, I think, a lot of people. Um, Arizona State has been struggling a little bit, but UCLA um, winning this game really, I, I didn't see it coming. And I thought Arizona State would be able to handle them. Granted, the game's out there in Pasadena, um, but UCLA has not been fantastic this year. Um, although now they're 3-2 and two in the conference, which is noteworthy and I mean they're three and five overall and if you look at their victories they got wins over Washington State um Arizona State and um uh, forget the other one but yeah they they have three wins in the conference and um better than several other teams in the south so um that is an interesting result but I think the biggest thing here was um DTR getting injured Uh, I don't know the extent of his injury happened in the fourth quarter um they were up by probably 20 maybe more than 20 and you still had dtr out there and of course he went on a run and um got his knee hit and went down um he hobbled off the field um don't know the extent of the injury but i think that is the biggest story is dtr getting injured and then his injuries sort of sparked a mini 
comeback run by the Sun Devils, who ended up scoring 22 points in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, really, this game wasn't that close. I think all the those 22 points was really sparked by DTR's injury and um, UCLA kind of letting up a little bit. But, yeah, Joshua Kelly had a fantastic game, 34 carries, 164 yards with four touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway from this game, though, is uh, DTR getting injured. And surprisingly, UCLA now being 3-2 and two in the conference. I think they've turned the page. I think once they had that victory over Washington State, um, they really turned things around. DTR got injured the next week and uh, missed the game against Oregon State. But um, when he's healthy and playing well, um, UCLA is a different team. And I think that Chip Kelly has finally got the team to buy in. And they have belief that they can win games. I mean, they just beat a top 25 team in Arizona State. So um, we'll see what DTR status is, and you really hope he can play. He's a he's a great competitor. I mean, he gives it his all, and he's a very willing runner, um, and that's perfect for Chip Kelly's system. And without him, they are not even close to the same team. So hopefully he'll be back and good to go for next week. But, um, yeah, really surprised Arizona State lost this one, and especially uh, the way that they lost it. I mean, they had 10 points going into the fourth quarter, it looks like. So that is a troubling sign for the Sun Devils. All right, next up we got Utah versus Cal. Um, this game was in Salt Lake City. Utah won 35-0, and I mean, I don't know what you can really say about where Cal's at right now. Um, I don't I don't think this is really reflective of the quality that their team is, but um, if you give up 35 points, yeah, I think that's probably the most that they've given up possibly in a few years, um, and certainly the biggest blowout they've had in a long time. It's really concerning. I know they're at their third-string quarterback. I know Chase Garbers was playing great. They started the season off very strong. A lot of I was high on them. I thought they were. I thought they were great. I thought they were one of the best teams in the conference. Um, after that ASU game, um, things has pretty much gone south. Uh, the injury to Garbers can't be understated. But even still, I think the defense is better than this thirty-five to zero you know, outcome. Yeah, but I mean, Utah, Utah did what they needed to do. I'm not sure how much respect they get on the national scene. Uh, certainly they're undervalued. I mean, right now they're, there are 12 overall coming into this weekend. Probably should be higher. Definitely think they're a top 10 team. Uh, Tyler Huntley went 11 for 17, 214 yards, did what he needed to do. Zach Moss, uh, 17 carries for 115 yards with two touchdowns, and he also had three receptions for 89 yards. Uh, this game was never really close, and I think uh, Utah's really in the driver's seat. Um, the only thing for them is they lost to USC, and USC owns the tiebreaker. So if Utah wins out and USC wins out, they actually wouldn't be the South champion, which is a concern um uh usc has been playing a little shaky and i think they'll probably lose another game but if you're utah 
Uh, you don't control your own destiny. All you can do is win out and hope USC loses. Okay, let's let's not spend too much time on this game. We also had Utah versus Cal this week. We'll we'll get real simple and cut to the chase. First off with Cal, we'll get to the Utes. We know we know they're arguably the best team in conference. Them are Oregon, hands down. But with Cal, they haven't looked the same since they lost starting quarterback Chase Garbers. They've actually imploded, to be quite frank. They need to get something going. I don't know what it is, but their offense has looked pathetic. And even though Justin, uh, head coach Justin Wilcox's defense is very solid, you can't do it with literally no offense. I mean, they were on like their third-string quarterback because their second-stringer, Devin Modster, couldn't get the job done either. So Cal's got to figure something out, whether it be a change of scheme, throwing some trick plays, eat, cook them dog food. I don't know, man. Do something. You have to try something new. The offense is just not there anymore. On the other side of the coin... Ever since Utah lost to use uh, to USC early in the season, got uh, pretty beaten in the secondary by, or we should say exposed in the secondary by USC's solid receivers. Um, they've been unstoppable. Utah has bounced back and just their defense is looking next level. They have they're not allowing much. They dominated Oregon State. They dominated someone else, and to follow it up with another dominant performance against Cal, this team could be the real deal. This could be the Utah that everyone was expecting to see. They finally cracked the top 10. And bottom line, we can look at the last three games, and this is why we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Utes here. You look at the last three games, cool, they beat some, they won some games they should have won, to be quite frank. But they looked solid. But anyway, they play UW next week, and that's really the game that's going to determine the rest of their season. If they can head into Seattle and pull out the victory, this is a new Utes team. They're probably going to win the South. And they will be a lot of fun to watch going forward. Tyler Huntley, great quarterback. Zach Moss, great running back. Bradley and I, Lee Fotu, leading the defense, uh, both uh, defensive linemen. They have the pieces, man. It's time to go beat UW in Seattle. UW's reeling a little bit. This is Utah's chance. Forget about what happened the past weeks. They beat, they beat UW. They're for real. Let's see what the Utes got. They're not in rice cycles this week. All right, so the final game we're going to be breaking down, I think, was the biggest game in the conference this weekend. Um, Oregon versus Wazoo, um, I think, also was the most entertaining, and it came down to the last second, which is always um, fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, Oregon won uh, last-second field goal. Um, Wazoo gave him a great game. Wazoo's offensive system is clicking again. Anthony Gordon, uh, 32 for 50, 406 yards, and three touchdowns. But I think the biggest story was C.J. Verdell. Uh, 23 carries, 257 yards with three touchdowns. Um, that is an impressive stat line, and that is a great game by any standard. Um, tough break for Wazoo at the end there. Defense couldn't hold them, and, um, but overall it's better for the conference that Oregon wins. Um, still in the driver's seat in the north and have a – Pretty good shot at making the college football playoff. I mean, better than at the beginning of this week with Oklahoma losing. So, um, yeah, I'll let uh, Nick break this down. I think um, he probably has a bit better insight into both teams. But um, for me, this is a great game to watch. I loved watching his I think it ended at like 11 at night. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Oregon won. And because for the conference, this is uh, what, what they needed. And But for Wazoo, um, I think they're playing great. And they have a more than a good shot of making a bowl game. They're going to beat several more uh, teams. So, um, 
yeah, CJ Verdell, 257 yards. Very impressive. To close out the Pac-12 slated games this week, we had another Pac-12 after dark showdown, another Pac-12 after dark, man. What? They, I don't know what's in the water. Maybe the students have extra time to drink. The games are generally really interesting. And we had another one on a Saturday night between Oregon and Washington State. The main takeaway from this game is plain and simple, the Ducks won. You know what? They may not have dominated. They may not have looked, you know, like that elite, elite team. I mean, WSU does have a lot of losses this year, even though they are dangerous. But Oregon found a way to get the job done. They made Justin Herbert was beautiful on the final drive, looking solid, making NFL-type throws, really, really looking like the draft pick that he's projected to be. Um, and so set, set up an easy field goal for their kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I think half the stadium thought was going to miss, even though it was basically an, an extended extra point. But he came through. Good for the kid. Forget his name, but good for the kid. You know what? Always feels good for a freshman kicker to win the game. And uh, so, yeah, Oregon still does everything ahead of them. They're still in the lead in the north. I mean, forget the lead. They have the north locked up. I'm barring an epic collapse. As I'm talking to podcasts, this slow car is creeping by me and kind of creeping me out. So, all right. He's gone. Nick's still alive. Let's get back to the podcast. So Oregon uh, really played well. Again, the final drive. And throughout the game, the, uh, it was really cool to see their offensive line take over. C.J. Verdell literally rushed for over 200 yards, three touchdowns. And at one point, it was over 12 yards per carry. I'm sure he finished with over 10 yards per carry. I'm not sure about the exact number. But ball on, he was gashing them continuously, continuously on the offensive line. And that's what Oregon needs to do going forward. They need to rely on that line. It's cool to have... Herbert is stud, but they need that line. That that's who they are. That's what's going to take them to the college football playoff. If that's if that's going to happen, and yeah, let's just continually on that line. It was cool to see that. Good job, Ducks. And on the other side of the coin, WSU man, there's just something that is missing this year. Gardner Minshew was a stud, captivated the nation last year, captivated the nation this year. If you followed the NFL, but Anthony Gordon seemingly puts up the same stats. Dominates the game, gets the ball to his wideouts, completes passes, scores touchdowns, but loses games. And for WSU, this is a step back. Um, I think it's easy to forget that they were pretty much the best team in the North the last three seasons. And if it wasn't for Chris Peterson and UW annihilating them every year in the Apple Cup, WSU would have been representing the Pac-12. So to have a four losses this early in the season is pretty shocking and definitely a step back for the program. Uh, with that being said, there's still a lot of football left. The North has been weird this year. WSU can still finish in a good bowl game. But they're just lacking the it factor. There's no rhyme reason. I could throw out statistics. I could throw out player names, all that. Bottom line is they're not getting it done when it matters most. And these are games they're winning the past three years. So let's see how Mike Leach, uh, I'm sure he'll have a good soundbite. And uh, quarterback Anthony Gordon will respond. All right, so yeah, that was week nine in the conference. And um, like I said at the beginning, uh, Oregon winning was big. Utah winning was big. The top teams didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Arizona State is going to drop out of the top 25, which is unfortunate. Uh, DTR with the injury. KJ Costello returning was big. And uh, college football playoff hopes are still alive. And I think at the end of the day, that is probably what's most important for the conference's reputation. And... Um, yeah, big matchup uh, potentially in the championship game 
uh, Utah versus Oregon. I think USC is up next against Oregon. And so that is going to be a massive game and very entertaining to watch. And um, But yeah, overall, good weekend, fun games. And um, yeah, really excited about the conference's chances moving forward. Um, either Oregon or Utah. I think USC probably stumbles again, but we'll see how it goes. Are you still with us? Are you still with us? Man, of course you all. You're a loyal listeners of episode one. You've been here for years. You've been waiting for us. You knew it. Uh, Dane, great job, buddy. Awesome working with you. Fun first podcast. Fun first podcast. I'm not going to give you a summary. You know what it is. Oregon's looking good. Utah's looking good. Everything else in the Pac-12 makes absolutely no sense. But two big games next week. You got UW in Utah in Seattle. Can the Utes pull it out? Get themselves to new heights. And on the other end, Oregon travels down to the Coliseum to play USC. For Oregon, should be winnable. For USC, if they pull it out, they they still have everything ahead of them. So, yeah. Great first week. Let's do it. Adios, amigos. Sayonara. Deuces. Deuces.